Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slasher, a delusional look into all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Stormy. And I'm Adrian. And we have a special guest, if you would like to introduce yourself again. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Ryan. I go by Brother Ghoulish as well, and I'm super happy to be here today. A podcast fave. <laughs> I think, I think, I'm trying to think if there's somebody else. I think you're like one of the only people that we had on like twice, so. Three. Besides Ree. Other yeah, than Ree, Ree, yeah. Yeah, Ree's all over. We love Ree. But <laughs> <laughs> beyond Ree, though, like, you're the only person that we've had on multiple times. So, welcome back, Ryan. Brother Ghoul's just tomb, one of my favorite podcasts out there. And thank you for joining us for Academic Horror Month this month. <laughs> so, no, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for having me. And I'm honored because, you know, I listen to you guys all the time. I'm always showing love on the timeline because you guys are awesome. So, I'm honored to be back. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Of course. But yeah, so since it's academic horror month, we kind of talked about like our high school experiences. So since we have you, Ryan, I mean, what were you doing in high school? What was going on? How were you in high school? What were you doing? So the best part of my high school experience was I had grown up like around a few of the people who I guess you would consider the cool kids. And I was not one of them. Let me be clear. But (laughs) but they saw me as this flamboyant burst of energy and they didn't really mess with me. So I was able to just kind of be myself, which was really nice. Um, I, I did have to fight a lot in middle school in the beginning of like high school. Like I had been suspended a lot because people tried me, but at a certain point when you stand up for yourself, um, at least at the high school I went to, they just kind of left me alone and it wasn't really a big deal. So I was wearing my fingerless gloves. I was um, real queenie. I had a really yes. great, I grew up watching Will and Grace. And so I I guess I would tell you that I was acting like Jack um, in high school, <laughs> just, to be, just to be honest. Um, I remember even for spirit week, I tried to dye my hair red, but it came out hot pink. And I'm like, you know what, this works. I'm just gonna go with this. <laughs> yes. and, 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 there were just so many great memories like that. Um, high school was really cool, especially because my parents were real lax. So I was allowed to stay out late. I was allowed to go to parties and go to like drag shows and stuff like that. And it was just a really cool experience. Like I, I really enjoyed the tail end of high school. The beginning, I, I was still coming into myself. So it wasn't like that. It changed maybe around, I think like junior year. That's when I started just letting it all hang out. <laughs> Look at you living the, your best life. Were you out in high school? I was. God, that's so exciting. (laughs) I was like the exact same way, like where I was like just really feisty and like super gay still, but like I wasn't out. So it was just like everybody knew without knowing kind of thing. You're living your best life. Were you like watching lots of uh, like lots of horror back then as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I grew up watching horror. I grew up in a horror household, basically, um, because my father loves vampire flicks. I mean, he used to have Blackula on heavy rotation ever since I was a kid. And so I've always just been in the horror. Look at that. Living your best life in high school. I was struggling. I really was. I was like, oh, right. Same. But we were struggling a little bit. But we were like deep in the Bible Belt. Stormy and I both were. So that is just, it's a journey. It's tough. It is so tough, like growing up in that section of the world. So. Oh, man. I mean, the thing is, if I, because I spent some time in Alabama, if I had not moved from Alabama to Maryland, then I probably would have had a similar experience because Alabama was, you know, doing a lot when I was down there. Too much. Okay, so I do want to kind of catch up on, uh, catch up with you because you've been doing a lot. So I mean, like, what has been going on for you? Like, what is there anything that you want to like even like introduce to us or like plug? <laughs> 
so I do have a lot going on, um, even more than uh, I I talk about publicly. But I will tell you guys, I am outlining my first novel, and <laughs> I am trying to sell um, my first book of short stories. Um, I'm looking for what? an agent, so. I'm hoping that when I wrap uh, Brother Ghoulish, uh, Brother Ghoulish's Tomb season two, and I'm going to do it on Halloween, and I may pop up in November and December if I can think of like authentic or genuine content to put out. But in that break that I'm going to take, I'm going to really just try to get this book knocked out. So I'm really excited. I want to talk about it a little bit, but I'm waiting because it's still very raw, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the surprise because I think when people see it, they're going to be pleasantly surprised with um, as horror fans, as queer horror fans, especially um, queer horror fans of color. I think they're go they've been asking for something like this. And since I grew up wanting the same stuff, I'm putting that love into this novel. And, and I just can't wait to show you guys. I really can't. Thank you. Oh, how amazing. I know. I'm excited. On top of just like... I you, Mark, and Bobby are a trio to be reckoned with. I love you no guys' shit. content on Clubhouse. Like I hop on as much as I can <laughs> with time, with with what you know time zones allow me to do. Uh, but you guys have just been so awesome. And the second season of Brother Gulish's Tomb has been amazing. Like I consume it so quickly. It's just great. You've been doing fantastic, and now some written work. So I mean, come on now. I'm hoping that like when I uh, come into season three, I can keep surprising people. I have so many ideas and wait till y'all see this Halloween special child working order for over a month. I'm, I'm really trying to surprise everyone. Like I really want to just come out the ramparts. So we'll see, but thank y'all for, for always showing support and listening. Cause you know, it's mutual. I love you guys. Of course, We love you. So is there anything that you've been watching recently? So yes. Um, so me and my fiance, we bought the Friday the 13th bundle um, for 13 bucks um, through Apple Store. So we've been jumping around on that collection and just watching that. Um, it's so fun. I, I I grew up like watching more so Halloween, like that was more my jam. So I had seen some Friday the 13th, but I didn't really revisit it until recently. And it's just such a good time. Like right now we're on New Blood. Um, we wa we were watching that last night, the one with Tina, where right. she has like the telepathic. The uh, <laughs> so wild. <laughs> and the pyrokinesis, and she's a medium. And I'm like, this girl is doing everything. <laughs> she's literally like, she should have like just transitioned into like the Marvel fucking universe right after that movie because she's right. whipping oh my God. like nothing. <laughs> a crossover. Imagine, I would have lived for all of that. I mean, they wouldn't need Jean Grey if they got her. She was doing, she's literally like the jackhead of all trades. Like <laughs> the dark Phoenix of the horror uh, universe, for sure. Oh, yeah. She is. She'd be killing it. Which one's been your favorite so far out of all the Friday the 13th movies? Oh, that's hard. Mm. Oh, let me stop. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the daddy? I don't know. That's hard. I'd probably still say. The first one, just because, and I, I literally talk about this all the time. I'm obsessed with Mrs. Uh, I keep getting ready to call her Mrs. Loomis, um, Mrs. Voorhees. Pretty like, much. I just, I love her. Like she makes that whole movie, and the atmosphere of the first one is so pure. It's just, it's so frightening. I don't know what it is about that first one, but it just sucks me in, and I see myself in the cabins. And the last time I was in cabins, it didn't quite go like that. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
I do love the first one a whole bunch. I really like the second one a whole bunch for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, I think because I have like a really visceral like experience with uh, like near the end of the movie when they're walking into like the dark room and she's like, somebody's, somebody's in the room. And then like he's like his dark body just like fucking jumps up from like behind a couch or whatever and like attacks them in the middle of the dark. I I don't know why that traumatized me as a kid. Uh, but ever since then, <laughs> like I've just been obsessed with the second one. Which one is the one where they they tricked her? I mean, sorry, they tricked him by putting on the sweater. That's not the second one. That's the third one, right? That's the second one. Mm-hmm. Oh, second one. Okay, yeah, no, that is a good one. Yeah, because yeah, the main, the final girl in that film is like a child psychologist or something ridiculous. <laughs> so like she breaks it down. She's like, you know, she breaks it down real fast. She's like, oh, his child, his trauma, his childhood trauma. Let's just break into that real fast and weaken him a little bit. Because um, that's how they beat him in that movie. I also really love the other ones. I really enjoy are Jason X, which is like really stupid. Jason X is my favorite. <laughs> I remember because that one came out around the time I was like young and it was like, the movie that was coming into theater like at that time when i was around that age like jason x was what was coming into theaters i didn't get yeah. to see anything else in theaters from jason beyond the remake so the jason x and the remake both like really i really enjoy because i saw both of those movies in theaters when i was younger so those two are always like top of my list personally just jason x came out in like 2001 mm-hmm. so you were what i was six so- <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that for you. <laughs> that in theaters. I remember walking into our local movie theater. Back in our hometown, our movie theater had two theaters. So there's two rooms. Um, and I remember we walked in there one time and they had like the poster for Jason X. And like my parents were asking the people who worked there, like, what is this? And I remember the person who worked there was like, oh, Jason X, you know, a new Jason movie. He goes to the outer space. He had already seen it, obviously. He's like, he gets a new crazy costume. So like he was hyping it up. And as a kid, I was like, girl, what? I was like, I was so excited to watch it. So when we finally got to watch it, it was stupid. Yes. But like everything I ever wanted in a movie. Oh, my God. Jason X. I haven't seen that one in so long. And I haven't seen, honestly, any jason film in theaters me either i really like don't like rewatch often like I, I couldn't tell you honestly like movie three to movie like seven what you're on is like always like really muddled for me like i would just feel like they're all like the same thing kind of so i feel like yeah. go and rewatch them again because it's been a minute it's a good rewatch. I think you'd have fun like going back through it i mean the shade is with friday 13th and i love it but i'm just gonna be honest all, a lot of it feels much the same sometimes like so it just kind of bleeds over so this is like my second or third rewatch in the last couple of years and now i'm starting to finally delineate a little easier because i think if you watch him in a marathon it just feels like one long ass movie and then there's <laughs> yeah. that weird one where he's technically not in it which is i think that's not not return which, which yeah where it's like his soul or something is like entering everybody's body <laughs> yeah every he's dies. like possessing people <laughs> right it was just a lot it's too much, but it has that great scene in the in the diner where like whoever like where they bust into the diner, and I remember like the waitress like she fucking whips out a shotgun out of nowhere and she starts <laughs> blasting people, and I'm like, what is happening with this movie? This so anyways, it started blasting. <laughs> <laughs> it's iconic. I love that scene though. Yeah, he, those movies really are crazy. We do need a new Jason movie though soon, so hopefully they can figure all that legal nonsense out because I miss it. I really do missing his crazy ashes murdering people on screen. I can't wait till he can make it into Dead by Daylight. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> we just got who? Pinhead? Yeah. Yep. Girl. I haven't had the chance of playing against him yet, but I'm nervous. Have you gotten to play with him, Ryan? Um, no, I haven't, but I've been watching a lot of gameplay videos. Have you guys seen the videos at least of of how he I haven't seen anything related to him yet, other than the release. So stormy. Uh... <laughs> 
they have him they have him doing a lot because when we go into the round one of us has to get the puzzle box and solve it and if we don't we're all going to be assaulted by chains um simultaneously like he can he can simultaneously attack all of us with chains and then in the event that you solve the puzzle you become the object of affection so he starts assaulting you with chains and he can teleport to whoever's holding it and he says like from the movie you know like you called i came and then next thing you know he starts i mean like people can see me putting the chains out my nipples it's 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 intense girl i'm ready for it i really am it sounds like he's gonna yeah he's gonna be a lot to handle i scared and turned on Because, I mean, uh, that makes me nervous because that gives me, like, tease of, like, uh, like Amanda or the pig in there, too. Because, mm-hmm. like, that bitch annoys the fuck out of me. Because you're having to, like, <laughs> run and get the fucking traps off and it doesn't come off. And you have to run to, like, 20 different little billy stations. It's too much. So I'm nervous if we're going to be, like, running around having to solve this box and shit. Yeah, it's a lot. The box is really cool looking, too, because it looks just like the movie. Like, it, so it's it's skilled to size. So it's, how the hell are we going to see this? <laughs> The details there, though, we love what they're doing. Maybe it makes a sound, hopefully, like the hatch does, or so we can find it. Hopefully, I'm ready though. I'm ready for it. Whenever Pinhead comes into the game, I'm ready to get you know struck by these chains, these these ridiculous sexual chains. Because anything involving Pinhead just feels sexual to me always. So I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm feeling it. Okay, but you know what? Let's go ahead and uh, break so we can cut into Freaky and figure out what the fuck to do with this movie because I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, well, we are back and we're going to be discussing 2020's Freaky. So after encountering a serial killer known as the Butcher, Millie finds herself in a very freaky situation having swapped bodies with the deranged lunatic she only has 24 hours to make the change back before it becomes permanent originally released on november 13th of 2020 freaky is made on a budget of an estimated six million dollars with a runtime of 101 minutes opening weekend it brought in 3.7 million dollars to make a gross worldwide of 15.2 million dollars Directed by Christopher Landon and written by Michael Kennedy and Christopher Landon. It has a star-studded cast with Vince Vaughn as the butcher, Catherine Newton as Millie Kessler, Celeste O'Connor as Nyla, Misha Elsridge uh, as Josh, and Uriah Shelton as Booker. A lot going on in free. There's... <laughs> mm-hmm. I just want to say, we gave you... A couple of options. What what made you choose Freaky? Because, okay, so there's a couple of reasons I chose it. Um, first of all, when I go on to features, I love to pick movies I haven't seen already. Um, because then it gives me a chance to, like, come in fresh. It gives me a chance to, like, you know, experience it for the first time. And Freaky specifically is one I've been dying to watch ever since I saw the commercials last year. I just, I just haven't gotten around to it, really. And... I think only about a week before this recording, it came up free on on HBO Max. So I thought it would be a good chance for me to watch it with Emilio already. And then on top of that, I can come and talk to you guys about it. So 
And I was like, let's do, let's do freaky. It just, it looks funny. It looks like it could possibly be queer. Like there could be some like really cool things to talk about with this movie. So I, I went with it. I mean, honestly, it also came out like in the middle of the fucking pandemic. So like, it was very hard, I think, for people to like, even like be able to watch this movie. Uh, I went to go watch it at the drive-in theater and the drive-in theater here in Vegas, the one that we have is pretty tough like it's very hard to hear it's very hard to see it's like I watched it and like I had a good time but I don't remember like I didn't remember a lot of it so when it finally came to VOD I also wasn't going to spend 20 bucks on it so when it finally did come to HBO Max I was like yeah let me rewatch it and you know what I had a good time um it wasn't exactly what I remembered it being but I still really enjoyed this movie like every rewatch allows me to find something else that I really like about it but I will see like on my first like major rewatch when it came to HBO Max I was kind of I was kind of disappointed because like it didn't feel as fun as I remembered it, but I think it's really kind of grown on me since then, at least. I can see that. I mean, it. I'm not the grew on me part since it's my first time watching it, but the first time this is my first time watching it, and you have to pay attention to this film. So I can see where if you're in a setting where maybe some of the audio isn't as tight, or you know, it's not optimal, where you can't just like put your full attention into it, you'll miss something because there were pieces that. I had to re- like rewind or ask Emilio like, oh, why is this thing happening? Like, did what happened? Like with the towards the end um, with the five minute thing. Mm-hmm. Emilio yes. caught that he said something about that. Um, Booker said something about it, but I I didn't remember. So to me, I'm like, what? What the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's intricate. It is. It goes a lot deeper than you would think because it comes off as like very, like very simple. But like yeah. there really is a lot in it that you really have to pay attention to. And they really tried to give us a lot with like each character. Uh, Michael Kennedy and Christopher both tried to like really give each character like a really detailed personality, which I think comes in handy, really does help. It makes us kind of like these characters, even though they really don't get too much explanation on like who they are. But they do a good job of like explaining who they are to us. Stormy, did you like this movie in watching it for the podcast? I didn't like it the first time I watched it. I did not understand the hype. I was like, that was a genuine waste of my time. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't really care for Vince Vaughn in general. Um, So I think that really helped me in not liking this movie. But when I sat down and like Ryan said, gave it my full attention, like I wasn't looking at my phone, I was watching it with intention. Um, I think it's really fun. The dialogue is it's ridiculous there's lots of little like little sassy quips in there that are really cute um i enjoyed it Uh, to me too a lot and you kind of see this a lot with like i guess like modern slasher movies and tv shows where they all kind of have like that same vibe where even if they're like rated r super gory like freaky is like they all still feel very like pg-13 like it just very juvenile yeah everything is presented in which is i think works because you know in the 80s and the 90s when we're getting horror movies like they're high school characters but everybody just looks super old (laughs) and like the dynamic and just everything that's happening just feels like they're all really old people so i kind of like modern slashers kind of taking the approach of making actually feel like it's kind of taking place in a high school even though it does feel juvenile or pg-13 at times i mean like happy death they even even if they're in college like it still kind of has that same vibe or even films like um what's that other movie that came out recently as well um oh like the craft legacy also has like that weird like 
juvenile feeling to it, but I think they really work. And I think Freaky is probably like the culmination of a lot of these trends and these tones in the movies and TV shows, like the MTV Scream series as well. So it kind of feels like this. I think it's like a nice culmination of like the ridiculousness of all these films kind of coming into like one movie. I think it's really fun. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. And also whoever um, was on detail for nods to other horror films, um, <laughs> they did the thing because there were so many really cool horror references made, like from the beginning all the way to the very end. I was seeing Candyman. I was seeing Halloween. I was seeing Friday the 13th, which I think, I mean, obviously, you know, Friday the 13th. You right. Know, but <laughs> but uh, And then I was seeing like, there were just so many. I can't even call them all right now. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I know what you did last summer. Oh, oh nice. yeah, the hook. Yeah, there's like a scene with the hook too. You know what? Christopher Landon is he he gives us a lot when it comes to horror. Like he's been also he's really hot. Oh. Uh, but he's given us a lot. Like he's been a part of the horror, like the horror sphere for quite some time. I mean, he directed the fifth Paranormal Activity movie, which I really enjoy. Uh, he's directed both Happy Death Day films. He also directed Scott's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. So like, he's given us a lot with horror. Like he's genuinely a fan, it seems like. And even like for this movie, like he was citing Fright Night, The Blob, Scream, so many different, yeah, see, mm -hmm. nice traditional. <laughs> I think it's pretty <laughs> odd. But like he he really seems to like horror movies and he seems to like, you know, directing and working and writing in horror. And I think that this movie, like you said, it really shows like there's a lot of like love that's given to references to other films. And I think he does a great job. And Michael Kennedy, this is like one of his first major writing projects as well. And I've been following him on Twitter since this movie's come out and he's fantastic. I mean, he did give us queer characters. He gave us mm -hmm. some representation and I think they both did a really good job with this movie. It was really solid a really solid effort by both of them and i think it turned out really really great and those sassy quips that you guys referred to it made the film feel to me very similar to jennifer's body yes there were so many strong jennifer body jennifer's body vibes with this film yes it's so good so good and it, a lot of them comes from uh they come from josh who is our queer representation mm -hmm. in the film. And I love Josh. I think Josh is great. I think it's a great way to write a queer character because like that's, that was me in high school. Without being out, that was who I was. <laughs> so it's really fun. A lot of his quips are really hilarious. Uh, like from the jump when he first pops in the movie too, where he sees the man with his dog and he's like, oh, I love your black wiener. <laughs> when he says pussy and she's like, Nyla's like, don't say that. Don't say that way. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, vagina, sorry. I think he's great. And I was nervous kind of coming into this movie too, but I think he was handled really well. When he busts in the room and he's like, it's a massacre. <laughs> oh yeah. I <laughs> I laughed my ass because he did not give a single fuck about like the actual people. He was just like, people are dying and it's great. <laughs> I mean, he was more real than um, Ryler's ass because did you see her crying on IG Live? Talking, oh, oh my God. God. She was my friend. Like I was like, Ryler is. <laughs> That's literally people. Yeah, that's how it is uh -huh, in any type of situation. Girl, Ryler, I think she's funny as fuck, though, too. She really makes me laugh a few times in this movie. I didn't come here to clam jam with you. <laughs> oh, my God. When she said that, I could not stop laughing. And even I they <laughs> cut over to her texting. If you read what she said, she's like, I told you that she was. Um, oh, I, I wrote it down. I didn't <laughs> see it. A vegetarian. I'm like, I can. Not with I'm her. putting that in my Twitter bio right now. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian. vegetarian. <laughs>
god. It is so fucking good. Listen, this movie really is great. I mean, even from like the opening scene, like we get like the classic urban legend myth nonsense going on. They're talking about the butcher, these, you know, rich white kids with their huge fucking mansion just having a good time and we get like a fun opening scene where they all get fucking murdered in crate like in fucking amazing ways we get an amazing death where they shove the bottle in that one guy's throat and slash his fucking throat very sorority row very sorority row and even when they slice his throat like the piece of the fucking like the bottle comes like breaking out of his neck so fucking cool and homegirl who gets her head smashed by the fucking toilet me me when i'm drunk as fuck like that's just <laughs> what it feels like when i'm vomiting on that toilet but it's amazing i have a terrible confession to make to y'all when the bottle went down the throat before the shattering it was a little hot um, <laughs> i'm I just know? saying it was a little hot and then i, I was like oh be still my beating heart and then and then when they shattered it i was like oh okay never mind I, I, it, it took me out of it he wasn't gagging he wasn't he wasn't gagging <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's been around town so i love when i can see the outline in the throat and then it shatters yeah, and you're like oh <laughs> mm. I was like, the bottle had veins? I'm confused. I'm <laughs> confused. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, we're watching a different movie because I'm feeling a little hot and bothered by like, the, the skill, the talent. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm not gagging. But yeah, then the slices throw open and it's over for him. We get a lot. We also get like a sex scene at the beginning of the movie, too, which threw me for a fucking loop when she was getting her fucking brains blown out on the, this car hood. But I, like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> she literally gets off. And she's like, all right, anyways. <laughs> she gives up. Poor boy was like, I just need three more minutes. Just three minutes, please, and At I'll least a handy. <laughs> so Imagine cool. dying with blue balls. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. <laughs> she was definitely battle hardened, though, because, like you said, she got up just like it was nobody's business and just mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, whatever, doll. You know, she just, like, <laughs> you know, just like says, the ball ball. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the beginning is great. Like, we get all these people getting knocked off just so we can be introduced to the killer who picks up like this ancient dagger this crazy nonsense that we get in this movie obviously um it gives me tease of the hot chick because like they also have like the ancient like earrings that they swap in that Mm -hmm. movie too which is hilarious that was literally one of the notes that i put was horror's version of the hot (laughs) chick (laughs) i mean obviously it's supposed to be like a play on freaky friday but what happens in that movie it's just um it's a fortune i think they're fighting and then they open the fortune cookies okay it's just like some weird like fate thing i think in yeah. that movie yeah but this gave me more hot chick vibes because it's like some ancient you know artifact that ends up causing the swap freaky friday was just more like trying to teach these two people lessons so but i love freaky friday so it's one of my favorite movies i enjoy that movie tremendously me too we love jamie lee oh, oh yeah i forgot she'd kill him in that movie but yeah so the opening is great. We get a lot of kills early on. Uh, we see him steal the dagger. Uh, we move on to being introduced to Millie, who's our main heroine in this film, and her family. Very dysfunctional. Obviously, they just lost to like the father, the husband, like the mom's an alcoholic. The daughter is an <laughs> asshole. The, the Millie's older sister, she's an asshole. She is yeah. an asshole. I can't stand her in this movie. But you know, they're cute. We also get introduced to Nyla and Josh pretty quickly, who I think are great. I think they're great friends. They're very honest, they're very brutal with her, which I think she kind of needs like that tough love she does and don't laugh at me but when i was watching the movie i thought that the girl who got killed before we meet millie and her family i thought that was the actress that played millie <laughs> um because You're i never like, got I'm like a, a good look at her so and you know the death of like the halloween nod death where like she's literally on the wall and he turns oh, his head yes. to the side. so mm-hmm. i'm like 
where is this about to go? She's dead. Like, she, there's no question that she's dead. And, you said Drew Barrymore moment? What's happening? <laughs> Another reference? Wow. Okay. Why is she on the cool. poster? I'm confused. But um, when uh, the mother's drinking also, did you notice that the, the liquor is called Swan Song? Yeah. How depressing. <laughs> Which Swan Song is like, um, it's a descriptor for like the last thing you do before you die. So, oh. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I was thinking about, um, what's my girl's name? Jessie Ware. <laughs> you know, oh. got... <laughs> that, the swan song song, but yeah. Fair. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, the mom is pretty, she doesn't do much in this movie, but I also die. I mean, like, we always jump around anyways. I was, I also die at the end when, like, her weapon of choice when they're fighting the butcher at the very end is her fucking, her wine bottles or her liquor bottles. I'm like, you are so heavy handed with her alcohol. And her alcoholism. They're easily the accessible, I'm sure, in this house. So, <laughs> but she was swinging that fucking bottle around at the end, and it made me very, or it made me laugh very much when I watched this movie. I still don't like her, even though she she pitched that. I still don't like her. She's still Mm-mm. some shit. Because your daughter got slashed the fuck up because you wanted to drink yourself silly off some swan song. Like I don't like you. And then she didn't even. She tried to buy me. Oh, I'm triggered. She tried to buy her with <laughs> with with, <laughs> with pancakes. I don't need right. pancakes. I French need my toast. mother. Oh yeah, French toast. <laughs> no, she did pancakes too. Yeah. Yeah, she was doing the most. Same for the sister. Like, you're a fucking cop. Like, we should come to you and be like, you know, we have an idea of the butcher. Like, I know you guys are looking for like, help us out. And she's just so fucking rude to Millie for no reason. But Millie's a punching bag for a lot of fucking people. Not only Ryler, but the fucking shop The shop teacher? teacher. Yeah. What oh, my asshole. God. Asshole. The worst character in the movie by far. I'm so triggered by him. He reminds me of one of my teachers in high school. And so I just get, like violently angry whenever <laughs> i see him and she can't say anything and i feel so bad for her because he's so rude to her let me tell you something in high school if his ass would have tried that with the the kids i went to school with oh they would have read him down okay? <laughs> it would have been something else they would have he would have he would have had to quit after that day <laughs> embarrassed <laughs> that he got read to fuck yes so I don't know why I <laughs> I forgot how words work. Anyways, I was going to ask. So like this mom makes breakfast every morning, as far as I can tell, like did this is not my experience in high school. Did y'all have a figure like this that constantly made you food <laughs> and wanted to take care of you? No, no. And she's an alcoholic. So I don't know how she manages to do both of them, but she <laughs> does some weird way. But no, never. I'm just, I feel like this is a very like movie thing that the mom always like wants to make breakfast and like people get up early enough to have breakfast before they go to school. But I just wanted to see if like I was the only one that didn't have that experience or. Yeah, I don't know what like suburban white families actually do this. I have like (laughs) never woken up before school and like sat down and had like a whole breakfast like catered to me by my mom. That's never happened in my entire existence. So I wish I can only wish. But even in movies, it's funny because they sit down and they get up like immediately and they never eat the food. It's just always there. Yeah, it's always like a full spread, like a continental breakfast at a hotel <laughs> so many <laughs> <The> options, options. <laughs> and they grab a piece of bacon and like bite it and they walk out take a sip of orange juice and they're out from the scene they move on i would be so pissed after brushing your teeth no ma'am 
This is why she's an alcoholic. If I'm making all this food and you're just coming in here and having the label and leaving, she... I'm drinking. I'm drinking at 7 a.m. I don't give a fuck. You said you didn't drink your orange juice. I'm gonna make a mimosa. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm, no, she got to get to work. I need her to drink after her shift. <laughs> oh yeah, I forget <laughs> that she works too. She, I feel bad for this mom actually on the low. She'd be going through it to be honest. She could be drunk at that job. The discount. What is it? Discount warehouse. Girl, she's working at the Goodwill. Pretty much is where she's working at. Oh, she was. Coles. Oh, yeah. it, it might have been Coles, yeah. <laughs> it was like discount warehouse because Ryler like mentions discount when she sees yeah. Millie's whole entire outfit as well. Oh, is that what that dig is about? Okay. Yeah, because that's where her mom works. And she's like, I had to pee. I had to just stop there real fast and pee. So I saw your mom working in her shit job and buying you your shit clothes. Like, <laughs> I hate bullies. I can't stand them. Like, it would have been on site with her immediately. Anytime <laughs> I saw Ryler in the hallway, I would have like started throwing my fists. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't talk to somebody like that. That's just not cool. I was never the one to stand for that nonsense in high school. But yeah, you know what's crazy to me is like Millie's the whole fucking like mascot for the school too. I would not be giving my, I wouldn't be giving any type of effort to a school like in general, especially if, and if I'm being bullied, I'm really not about to like sit here and dance for everybody at these football games. I'm just not going to do it. I feel like they stink, right? The costumes? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It depends on who's wearing it. (laughs) Are like mascots always the same person? I don't know sports. (laughs) Me either. Okay, Millie. (laughs) (laughs) And then she gets bullied by the fucking football players too. They're like, what, throwing drinks at her like while she's out here dancing, giving her all on this field. And her little crush, Booker, just doesn't even do anything. That pisses me off. I'm like, say something. Like, don't let her get bullied like this by these two douchebags. Like, say something to her, sir, please. Oh, yeah, but this is the part where she gets left behind by her mother and the butcher sees her and pretty much attacks her. This is where the whole body swap comes together. So, yeah, again, it sucks that she was left by her mom. It makes me feel bad. I would have just left with my friends. Like, why would you? Some of the girls just are addicted to being disappointed. It's like it's a piece of their character. Like She was just like, I know my mom's not going to come, but I'm just going to stay here anyway. Me with my marriage. (laughs) <laughs> and, then she, and then she puts on swan song by jesse Ware. you know it's just it's a full circle reminds her of her mom <laughs> every time i hear this i think of my mom like girl get it together <laughs> that's why her fucking phone battery was dead while she was out there because she was playing jesse Ware like on repeat she just had it going blasting from her spotify and her phone started dying and then now look she wasn't able to call anybody or she called who her sister i think of all people her useless ass sister Girl, the most useless person in this entire movie. Who's more useless, her or Elsa from um, I Know What You Did Last Summer? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're both like one and the same, aren't they? Probably Elsa, though. Like she just sits in that shop all day. And then when she has to help Ellen, she dies very quickly. (laughs) At least Shard doesn't die. And she's swinging a little bit at the end. So she was helpful a little bit. Elsa was pathetic. She also tried to kill her sister as the butcher. So... So there's levels to this. Although Bashar was fucking pulling out guns on my, on your sister's friends. Mm. Hmm. I just can't. I can't get behind her as a character. She's the worst. She could have died at the end and I would have been so happy. But She definitely pulls off the rookie cop aesthetic. Like instant <laughs> to pull her gun. So scared of everybody. Screaming about everything. Mm-hmm. She's the worst. Can't stand her. 
Hey everybody, so if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating again. We're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. I was nervous going into this movie the first time I watched it because I'm also not a huge fan of Vince Vaughn. Um, I just don't like watch really anything that he's in. I mean, I've seen movies that he's in, obviously, just like he's never like the standout for me in anything that he's in. So I was like really nervous coming into this movie. But like from the moment that they first swap, like the first scene, like the morning after the attack, everything's just so fucking hilarious. Uh, Catherine, <laughs> who plays Millie, is also so fantastic. Just walking around looking like so creepy the entire time. Like at breakfast when she's just walking around with a knife and they're just like... <laughs> Your mom's like, I got it. What? (laughs) Like, if my daughter was doing that, no. She would have been sent to a therapist immediately. But the mom thought nothing of Millie, like, pointing a knife at the other daughter. I just, (laughs) she just grabs it and she's like, I got it, honey, and, like, walks away. And I'm like, what? She's a little too vicious, too too vicious, too early in the morning, walking around with that knife like that. I would have surely been like, what is happening here? You are very aggressive for no reason this morning. Not speaking, eating like a dog. What's going on? I agree. I feel like the mother was just very, she didn't really pay close attention to her daughter. Like, it feels like she only paid attention to her for as much as she can get out of her for emotional support. Mm. She didn't really mm. care about her needs like she didn't really care about her blossoming into the young woman she was becoming like she didn't care she was like bring me my swan song like that that literally was her character arc that makes sense though that makes sense in why they probably weren't so suspicious from millie from the beginning because they're so dysfunctional like her coming in and not talking they probably just thought we pissed off Millie. moody again. teenager yeah <laughs> she's walking around with a knife oh god just take it away from her let's <laughs> move on go to school millie we are fucking tired of you go get bullied by your fucking shop teacher that nobody nobody cares Aww. to do anything about they just did not give a fuck but she's very funny to me in the opening scene or in that uh first swap scene i think she's hilarious she was and i think it showed me um that they picked the right actors to play on either ends of the swap because the same way that she was acting like really intense and and um in you know the eyes darting everywhere and looking so freaking scary, Vince <laughs> Vaughn was acting real dainty. You know, yeah, this giant man. <laughs> oh, he's running, and it just it was so perfect. <laughs> the homeless man offering him a blowjob is also so hilarious. I'll suck your dick, all of it, <laughs> all of it, not just the tip. He would suck the entire dick. Imagine waking up in that creepy ass fucking. What is that? Like the fucking warehouse? Uh, I an abandoned building. I don't know. It was yeah, an abandoned mill. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, it was the mill. Nah, I would have been done. I would have been so fucking waking up on a mattress like that with these creepy things all hanging out all around me. Mm-mm. The way that homeless man is like, I want to feel like a teenage girl. <laughs> I know you're on drugs, and I was like, <laughs> I laughed my ass off. That scene was brilliant. It reminded me of when I was a kid. Um, I don't know. Have y'all ever seen um, Boys in the Hood before? Yes. Okay. So it reminds me of that scene where the guy is literally offering to give head for money. Yeah. Um, the, the drug addict <laughs> or whatever. And then yeah. they parodied it. And um, 
Oh, uh, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. <laughs> the Wayne's <laughs> Brother parody. And every time I hear, I just immediately go back to the 90s or it might have, yeah, it was definitely the 90s and just that movie. And I'm like, oh my God, this scene is so perfect. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, blame, I blame scenes like this uh, for like people in the gay community just being so aggressive towards straight people. Because we see it in movies all the time where like the straight person's always like randomly like, oh, you can suck my dick or I'll suck your dick. And it just happens right. all the time. And then the gays just take it and they run with it, girl. And they're just like so obsessed with straight people constantly. So I blame <laughs> movies like this for that reason. Because <laughs> they just be giving, they, they give us all the false hope that we have and it's just not going to work. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm we're gonna talk after this. I have I actually have a lot to say on that, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. Girl, in high school, you know how much I mean again, it wasn't like a secret that I was gay. So so like the amount of times that these fucking raw ass high school boys would like sit there and try to be like super flirty or like mm-hmm. and were just like always up on me. And I was just like, just say you want your dick sucked and like leave me alone. Like you guys are like so aggressive about it for like no reason. Like figure out what you're doing with your own stuff. Cause I just like uh, Josh at the end too, when the football player comes on to him, he's like, I, I got things to do right now. I don't have time to sit here and play like, you know, touch tips with you and help you figure out who you are. I don't got the fucking time. Uh, but yeah, I hated you're so, it. You're so right. Like it just, especially being from my experience, like being out and stuff, it was like almost a beacon for the, the foolishness. And it was almost exhausting. Like there was this one time, I'm not gonna go too deep into detail, but there was there was this one guy that was like on the football team, um, very similar situation and definitely propositioned me. And I was, <clears throat> I found him attractive, <laughs> but, but I definitely was like, I feel like if I go to where he was telling me to meet him at, I don't, I'm not convinced that this is going to go the way that I think it's going to go. So I was a little nervous. So I was just like, um, sure, I'll meet you there. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And girl, I didn't meet him there. Like I went home. <laughs> and then like the, the next day I saw him, like he was so mad. And like, I was all type of F words and everything else. But I'm like, I mean, well, what did you want me to do to you yesterday? So I didn't say that because I'm not crazy. But, but I was like, I was definitely like standing six feet away, like, whatever, you won't say it to my face, praying to God that he wouldn't, because <laughs> I was not trying to fight him. He was like, built like a fucking Tonka trunk. I just, I just didn't have time. <laughs> Girl, it was either like, either I was going to get my emotions played with, or I was going to get hate crimed. And either way, I wasn't like yeah. down for either one. And I just hate that in the gay community, like we still kind of run with like those high school experiences and like just mm-hmm. continue to like chase after people who we probably shouldn't be chasing after. Um, Cause that really pisses me off. I hated that. I, there was one person who was always like grabbing my leg or like we were all sitting in class, his hand would be up my leg and he'd be giving <laughs> me like dead lot. He would be staring at me so hard and I'd be like, what, like, what do you want? And we'd be in the fucking ag shop, fucking woodworking and shit. And I was just like, this is- You wanted to work your way. Right. <laughs> It was too much. And his mom, like, owned, like, the little general store in our little school area. So, like, he had back rooms there. He was always back there. I was trying to have me go meet him back there. And I'm just like, this is too much for me. He said, meet me in the stock room, baby. (laughs) The stock room. (laughs) Just the splinters. But I I, I don't know. It's just, when I was that young, though, I was a hopeless romantic. I was not really trying to be hooking up with all these people. And I'm not shaming anyone. Like, if that was someone's experience and they were happy and they learned from and they were safe and they didn't hurt anybody, then fine. But for me in high school, I, I wasn't really checking for that. Like, I, I feel like I was really happy to have experienced Noah's Ark, which came out around the time I was coming out. And 
I really related to Noah. I really wanted to be in love with somebody. I wanted to meet someone, get married and, and all this stuff. Like I was just, I was feeding on all that energy. And, you know, as I got older, I would go through many different phases in the way that I saw myself. But at that time I was, I was not trying to hook up with nobody. And definitely I did not want no straight guys. Like that just wasn't, and I hate that. St- I hate that too, Adrian. I'm happy you said that. Like, I hate this idea of like, th- you know, trying to make straight guys kind of like the object of affection for gay guys. Like, I want somebody who wants me. I don't want, and not just for a sexual thing. I don't want to be objectified or I don't want to be a fetish. I don't right. want to be, you know, an instrument for your sexual awakening. Like, I just want to be, you know, and I think that's one thing that's really cool about this movie in kind of a weird way. Um, there's this thing that this movie does by swapping them and how Booker is still attracted to the person that is within Vince Vaughn. Yes. That shows how you can really love somebody for like who they are, like at the core. Like that's where love is really seated. Like your body and everything is just is just a shell at the end of the day. And when you think about like being married to somebody, it's very similar in that because you're gonna get old and like I mean, you're not gonna look like um I mean, well, there's some people like there's some people who are aging gracefully, you know, but but nine times out of 10, you know, you're going to get old together. It's going to be a crook in your back. Your hip going to be thrown out if you try to do something. But it's just that soul or that spirit of what's in someone that you're attracted to. And that's what I'm cool with. I'm not so much cool with this. I'm just a sexual object. Like, boy, straight boy, don't nobody want you. <laughs> I love that about the movie, too, because it really does. It keeps it focuses on like the relationship between the two characters in a deeper way than like you said just like the physical form of like what they both look like which i think is great i love this fucking movie the more we talk about it and like kind of go over it it's like it really is a fun fucking movie i have a good time with it for sure oh yeah yeah um but after millie does swap bodies with the butcher and the butcher in millie's body goes to the school you know she's dressed to the nine her hair's pulled back in a pony so she's you know causing a scene everybody's staring at her because her hair is pulled back and she has like what a red leather jacket on but mm-hmm. kyler is one of the ones obviously who's all over her immediately because you know everybody's been murdered she got attacked by the butcher i need to have all the tea on what's going on here but it gives us like one of our first major kills where the butcher <laughs> takes her over and like puts her in the what is that like a, a a Cairo, what do you say? What are those? What is sure, that? Thing? I didn't know what the hell that thing was. <laughs> and why I think it's those... one of those like freezy things that are supposed to help your muscles, but I don't know what they're called. What school has the budget? What school has the budget? White people schools, girl. True. You're right, I guess. <laughs> and for the sports program, they give every money that they have, every ounce of fucking money that they have in any school goes to sports. So yeah, they have this fancy little chirogenic, cryo, I don't know what the fuck this is. Cryogenic? Cryogenic, there it is. But they fucking freeze uh, Ryler and she shatters to a million pieces. I think it's a very hilarious That's death. a ridiculous scene. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous death. But I think it's really it's like, funny. You need to hide. <laughs> <laughs> it's her too because she is like a damn ice princess and even like seeing like her phone on her hand when it like i'm like this is this is perfect like she dies with her phone in hand and she's an ice princess but yeah like y'all said about that machine i thought he was locking her in a a tanning bed before like the actual death happened like a standing tanning bed i'm like why do kids need this in a high school (laughs) and then when she's frozen the question becomes why do high school kids have access to this Especially if it can kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because this could have happened many times before where somebody could have went in there and maybe hit So many hate crimes could have (laughs) been committed in this room. Girl, they probably have been. 
But yeah, I think it's hilarious that she fucking dies. I also die when Millie in the butcher's body first runs into Josh and Nyla and the whole scene breaks out <laughs> of her like trying to convince them that it's her. I think it's so funny because they throws react. There's a pan and tater tots <laughs> at her. <laughs> they react in the perfect way. Like I would also be freaking out and fighting back. Also, like does nobody work in the school? Like they're running around being so loud and nobody cares to come and be like, what's going on? Our kids are dying out in the streets and we don't, you know, they don't, nobody comes and checks in on them. They're fighting in the kitchen. There was one cafeteria worker and she ran for her life, did not get a single fuck about those kids. Yeah, she didn't even, she didn't even go tell anybody. She just ran to her car and went home. <laughs> she said, I quit. You don't pay done. me enough. <laughs> I don't, I don't blame her. And by the way, that was the best scene of the movie for me. Um, the, the Josh and I can't think of her name now. Um, Nyla. Nyla. Uh, when Josh and Nyla uh, find out the tea and the handshake and the chase scene and the fight, like, I, I love that whole scene. It was brilliant. And the beginning of this film for me, even though there were all those cool nods to the horror films and stuff, didn't really work for me. Like, I felt like the beginning was very, it was like, whatever. But it after the swap happens and after they find out from there, the movie for me just takes off and it's just it's brilliant for the most part. Like there's there's certain things and I think we'll get to when we get to the end that I probably would have done a little differently. But overall, like, yeah, this is the best scene of the film. <laughs> Agreed. That's how I was too watching this movie. And like like I said, going into it, I was nervous because Vince Vaughn, you know, and the rest of the cast, they didn't really know who they were. Um, and yeah, so as soon as the swap happens and as soon as all the, the comedic stuff to the movie, and I love horror comedies, that's like my jam. I really, really enjoy like that subgenre. So when it started popping off and they started like going through all these trials and tribulations i thought it was great and that's when he that's really when it went me over i was like okay well it's stupid you know it's a stupid movie it's going to be stupid the swapping bodies premise is very stupid like with happy death day i had like the exact same thought going into it i was like this is going to probably be stupid but it's so well done christopher landon does a great job at like making you like the characters enough to where even in these silly premises like you're having a good fucking time with them and the whole scene where they're fighting and just fucking vince Vaughn just whipping these kids around just beating the shit out of them is like the funniest thing to me it's just it's so well done and the iconic line where he's like you're black i'm gay we don't we're not gonna last long in this situation running away from them it was great i loved it i wish they didn't put that line in the commercial because that it's literally one of the funniest lines and i had seen it so many times that i wanted i mean i still laughed but i can only imagine i probably would have like spit my juice out if <laughs> If I just heard it, like, because, like, the pace of that scene is very high because they're being chased. And it's, that's some real shit, man. Like, being black and or gay, like, in a in a horror film, like, it it's going to go how it's about to go. Like, it, it's, <laughs> just, it just, it's what it is most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and even for, like, uh, like even, like, with queer gay characters in movies, like, they don't even get to shy that off. You don't even know that they're gay. We're just the assumption, and they're still dying off. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, we we really get the bottom of the barrel there. But I'm glad <laughs> they pointed that out. Would you have trusted the butcher like in this situation? All he did was pop off doing a cheer. And I would have been like, bitch, you could have been at the football game watching that. I still don't trust you. That's I true. still don't trust you. It's when he starts asking questions. And even then I'm like, you probably tortured this girl and got information from her. Like in my head, I would just not trust that this would be Millie in this person's body. I respect your darkness so much, Adrian. That is very, that is very good. Like, I love that. Cause I'm like, oh my God, that would have been interesting. But the only way I would have trusted him is if he would have did the handshake. That's the only way. Like, okay, you're right. Cause like, there's something just, no, you're not my friend. I'm looking at you. Like, so my brain isn't here. I'm literally in fight or flight at this point. You got to die. So. <laughs> I don't know what Adrian would have to do for me to believe that it's him. <laughs> What would I say? 
I have no idea. I don't know what I would tell you to like try to convince you that I was like, if I was in a serial killer's body. Probably that you like, you'd probably be like, remember that time at the bar? Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, which one? And then you'd be like, with Kyle. And I'd be like, oh, okay. I would be like, remember that huge fight with my former roommate where we cried for hours afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> what did Austin say when he FaceTimed you? <laughs> that okay, so y'all I got used. good questions at least. It has to be yeah. stuff like that. But the stuff they were asking, like you said, the chair, he could have been stalking her. Right, mm-hmm. for sure. And like favorite food and stuff. Uh, I mean, I guess, but I mean, I guess- they're If you follow somebody on Facebook- you're gonna get those stupid posts where people are like post number one and i'll tell you my favorite drink <laughs> she's a high school student but like he could have went if she was in high school um because i'm pretty sure you have to be at least 18 or older but he could just went to like her plenty of fish or something where they ask all those same fucking questions and just be like mm, mm. Mm, mm, okay let's go and pretend that we you know know everything my about space this girl. the surveys we used to do <laughs> okay. i can use my space too much oh what I just think plenty of fish because I remember when I set up that profile many years ago, like they were asking everything. What's your favorite food? What's this? What's that? And I was like, this is this is too much. Like, I'm just trying to get my dick wet. I'm not trying to fucking give this person like my entire life story. Like, I don't know what's happening here, but they try really hard with those dating apps. You're probably that person with the bio that's like, ask for more or Add me on Snap. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, the add me on Snap on like everything, everything back in the day. Because when I was on those apps, like Snapchat was like really big. I don't, I don't even know if it's still like a thing at this point, but like Snapchat was the thing, baby. So I was like, add me on Snapchat, add me on Snapchat. Cause that's what I was like, I was working with. That's where I had everybody lined up. That's where all the hoes were. I miss those days sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Snap. Snap is where I got down and dirty for me. So. I'm old, so it wasn't Snap for me. It wasn't Snapchat, but it was... What was it? I'm so old. Damn, what was it? I don't even remember what it was called. What did, what did we have before Snap? A mm. telegram? Girl! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bird with a note. <laughs> note tied to his foot. Girl. What was it? It probably was like, like Facebook DMs or something probably before You'd that. You'd flick a piece of paper at them. Right. It's like a football. <laughs> You said Dixie cups with string. Is that what y'all said just now? <laughs> I didn't say that, but I love that. Imagine. Pretty much. Girl. Oh, you're on the other side of the door. Come in here. I'm going to wet that dig. <laughs> you whisper into it. ASL. <laughs> I really dated myself with that one. Do y'all know what ASL is? Yeah. Okay, okay, good. good. Oh, age. I saw oh. area. <laughs> Locations there. Age, sex, location. I used to get so scared. Let me tell you a traumatizing story. If we're going back <laughs> until, if we're going back to the, I remember the first time that like somebody, I think, I don't, I was either a senior in high school or I was heading into my freshman year of college. I don't remember. But I remember the first time that somebody like was like full blown, like I'm a chub chaser when they were talking to me. And I was like, what is that? And they were like, oh, you know, like a chub chaser. Like I like fat people. And I was like, I logged off. I deleted, <laughs> I deleted the account. This was Grinder, I think. I deleted the Grinder, and I was like, I am never in my life subjecting myself to this treatment ever again in my life. I'm not doing it. You're not gonna. I'm not gonna be part of your fetish. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I was so triggered by that. I was real pissed off about it. I hate online dating. Like it's so. It's awful. I should have died so many times by now, thanks to like online stuff. So I don't know how I'm alive, especially in the move to Vegas, girl. That first year. Oh my god, Adrian would call me, and he would. We would talk on the way. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. 
He would call me before and then call me right after. And he'd be like, I'm alive. I'm on the way home. I'm like, okay. No, that's smart. Yes, I had to. I share my location with Adrian. <laughs> that's how he knows I'm doing something shady is I just randomly send him my location. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I just wait. I'll check on her a couple hours later. I'm like, let me check on Stormy now. Like, are you still having fun? Are you okay? But that makes me laugh too because the kid, uh, Josh, I'm thinking too, and he's on Grinder, and he's like, this is all we have in the area. And it's like the fucking mailman. Girl, that's how <laughs> Grinder was in my hometown. It was like just random Dude. old man. Yeah. <laughs> and it said, I deliver. <laughs> Oh my god. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I deliver. Girl. <laughs> I matched with one of my friend's dads one time. <laughs> no, man. Um, no. So like his picture was just uh the like family. an obs- obscure one. Oh, I thought it was gonna be yeah. the whole family together. I was like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. <laughs> A mess. A mess. I saw the obscure picture. I was like, okay. And then I matched and then we started talking and then he was like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm at my friend's soccer game. He's like, oh, I'm at my kid's soccer game. And I was like, what <laughs> team? Stop. And then I went and told his wife. <laughs> yes. As you should. I live. Respect. I was like, hey, so don't judge me, but this happened. <laughs> okay. Freaky. So, oh my God. <laughs> yes. So they, um, they're trying to figure out the dagger. They figure out the dagger somehow. They're like researching it or something. And of course, they go to the Spanish teacher. You know, let's have the Spanish person just give all the creepy dialogue of an ancient curse. Uh, but the Spanish teacher is very funny. Her whole yeah. like, that scene's ridiculous. <laughs> Where they like, zoom in on her face and they're all, <laughs> she's all, see. Sí. <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh, telenovela. El permanente. <laughs> Also, she's a permanent. <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah, she breaks it down for them pretty much that they only have 24 hours to figure out what the fuck is happening. Um, also, after this is when we finally get to see the shop teacher also bite the bullet from Millie or the butcher in this case, which is a great scene. Probably the best kill in the movie, I would say. That's actually mm-hmm. pretty, it's filled with some good kills. But I mean, that shop teacher getting sawed in half by that table saw is pretty iconic to me. Yeah, I wasn't sure that Millie or the butcher was going to pull it off in Millie's body because she's just not very strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she just gets flung around. But uh, the determination I admire. (laughs) She gets it done. She gets the job done somehow. She kicks his ass. He pisses me off when he's kicking her like multiple times. And I'm like, sir. That's what you get for fucking with me, Missy. I'm like, I will turn you. I don't know. I will turn you in. The way he treats her, he just turn like... you into the <laughs> girl. But he pissed me off. But I love, I just loved it seeing him get cut up like that, and we get some good gore with that as well. Um, definitely looks practical. I didn't like verify that or research it. It looks practical to me. It doesn't look like anything CGI. So I think it's great. I love it. A one with the oh, death. It, it looks great. It looks um, like you said. It's probably. Um, Special effects. It, it's not all CGI. It can't be because it actually looked pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely needed him to. I, I was rooting for him to die the entire time as well. I didn't know if they were going to make it very brutal, but they did. And the the fight scene for it was really cool. And I think that was like right after the film made the statement about um, the wolf in sheep's, uh, sheep's clothing. And I had not even thought about that that that's what basically this film has set up for and it's so it's so cool like this really is the risk of the of like this flip happening 
And it made me want to see like maybe other type of flips, like in the horror world somehow that um, that pull it off, maybe even a darker version of it, because that's so real. If you can, like, for example, when she's walking through the hall, and she's accosted by the police. And they're just like, you know, hello, ma'am. Right. <laughs> it, it could be anyone. It could be like Ted Bundy. Girl, that's exactly what happened with Ted Bundy. That's why he escaped so many times. <laughs> that's some real shit. Well, that was more commentary on like the power of a, a white man. And what they say at the beginning of the movie of never underestimate um, a white man's uh, violence or something. What, what something like that? The, yeah, yeah. yeah, they mentioned something about like white people at the beginning. Like, wow, <laughs> this movie's great. <laughs> it's very funny. Or even like right after she murders the fucking teacher too, and the police are there, and she's like screaming because they see she sees. Millie in the butcher's mm-hmm. body yeah. and they just believe her right so away. annoying so annoying <laughs> she's the worst I love it though uh, but yeah they get chased around by the police uh they have these crazy moments where she fucking drives where they drive to the discount I don't know why they would go to like the store that her mom works out of all places so she runs in with her mom a very sad scene I would say while she's in the dressing room hiding from the police and they're trying to find her like her mask or something and her mom's there it's really sad like she kind of explains just how tough her life has been since her husband's past and how like lost and connect or disconnected she feels from her two daughters it's really cute and then she of course tries to set up a date with her daughter without realizing she's trying to set up a date with her daughter which is just it adds to the funniness of this movie but i love that scene it was really great the desperation of the mom makes me really sad yeah yeah, uh, yeah her swan song <laughs> she's, just, she's so desperate and i feel so bad because i get it like i get where she's coming from and then really made her more sympathetic because i mean at this point we just know her as an alcoholic and so it definitely makes her feel a little bit more sympathetic and you understand probably where she's coming from for sure like it definitely gives you an understanding of who she is as a character even though we don't see her again until like the very end of the movie like she disappears for the rest of the movie but whatever she's not important (laughs) but it was a great scene she's drinking her swan song (laughs) i like that scene a lot too you guys um because of the end piece of it because i'm not gonna lie i got a little frustrated with it as it started because i'm like where is this going like i want to see some more murder but then, but then um, after I saw the more sympathetic part of her and I heard how there was a chance for them to speak to each other a little bit more, I, I think like that's that kind of breaks into, you know, real life type stuff, like how we just we could just talk to each other a lot better when we're um, suffering the loss of someone, uh, for example, like she's losing her husband and, you know, she's losing her father. So if we don't try to shove french toast and pancakes into the problem and actually like talk about it and we don't try to go to like musicals and um or try to hold someone back from like growing we could be stronger and it took for this to happen and it made me it was the one moment in the movie that felt like it was supposed to happen like this is a fate-based kind of storyline because even i think you said something earlier about like why of all places would they go to this store it feels like this was a moment for them to actually like grow like this is a a a catalyst of growth for them which was pretty cool i i I like the scene too and i like that they didn't have her turning away and you know downing like a shot or a miniature or something like they (laughs) they let her gravitate away from being like the alcoholic and yeah girl if she would have pulled out like a fucking like a, a shooter uh, out of her tip. <laughs> yeah, a little shooter or like 99 banana or whatever the fuck that brand <laughs> is and just was like chugging that back it would have been funny but i'm glad that they didn't do that to her yeah it was a nice moment for her for sure but they do leave from here and then they of course figure out that 
the butcher in Millie's body is hanging out with the football players randomly at like this gaming arcade center thing. So they rush over there to stop her. We also get a great line too with this football player when he grabs Millie's ass and she's like, <laughs> she said that he's not, she goes, your touch makes this pussy drier than sandpaper, you fucking <laughs> monkey. And I can't wait to kill you. And he's just like, <laughs> she wants me. <laughs> just like, what? it's so good. That line is so funny to me. Um, but yeah, they stopped Millie from murdering Booker inside of this. I think it's gorgeous. I love like neon lighting in horror or just movies in general. So this little mini golf course really allowed for some some really, really, really pretty lighting to take place. But yeah, mm-hmm. they're able to get there in time, stop the butcher from killing Booker. And then we get the hilarious scene where Millie's or the butcher is tied up and they're trying to convince Booker that <laughs> Millie is in this old man's body and it's fantastic. I think it's hilarious. Um, Catherine in that scene, Catherine Newton is so funny because she's just, the way she's screaming for Booker makes me laugh every single time I watch this movie. Booker, Booker, <laughs> Booker. It was another, I think that's probably like my second favorite scene of the movie. Any scene where they're trying to convince people of what's going on. <laughs> I think why it works for me so much is I imagine myself in the situation. Like, could I believe it? Like, what would I do? And it just works. Those those are the mo- those scenes are the movie. Like when um when the swap is trying to be reconciled. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean that's the premise of like yeah. the movie, you know. And so they really nail those scenes. They're always really really funny. And that is just another one of them because it's hilarious. Because Booker, I mean, the actor's face is like he's so like distraught, like he doesn't know what to believe. <laughs> but it's so funny. And even fucking Vince Vaughn, he makes me laugh so much in that scene because he's just like he's oh wow you look really good and like he's like keeps cutting off to like making little side comments because he's playing a teenage girl who's obsessed with this boy and he's just so hilarious in this entire scene i love Mm -hmm. it it's great whenever they make them kiss later in the movie makes me very uncomfortable (laughs) really yeah I remember the first time I watched this movie, I was a little, I was a little, I was a little, I was a little shook. But I mean, the characters, I guess, are 18. They've <laughs> yeah, I get it. Us. But just Vince Vaughn making him <laughs> kissing this teenage boy. I don't know if he's teenage, but. I think he's like 25 or something along. I checked, obviously. I always double check to make sure. I mean, they wouldn't have allowed anything else to happen, I'm sure. But I still checked yeah. to make sure. Yeah. Like, I understand that everything's A-okay. But just in the movie, it makes, <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable. I like that y'all check though, like, cause that's real. Like, if he's kissing on like, <laughs> a, get nervous. A, like, no, we need to know. <laughs> Girl, Fear Street. Like, after in the first in 1994, when they're when they're like that scene happens where everybody's like interacting and all have like sexual encounters, pretty much immediately. I went and I looked at every single actor in that scene. I was like, how old are each one of these people? Because I need to make sure that I can rewatch this movie and not feel uncomfortable. But yeah, they're all like 25, 26. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. But yeah, I always check. I always check to see date of births when they're like children and they put him in like sexual light he's like is there a one in their date of birth or no because (laughs) i will google i will google the house down i will not allow myself to like watch something where it's like an actual 17 year old actor (laughs) doing anything like that i can't do it i can't so but yeah i checked immediately the first time i watched this movie i was like i was like because i was screaming audibly screaming inside of my car at the drive-in theater when this was (laughs) happening i was like they're not about to kiss they're not about to have these people they're just they they won't do it they won't and they did and i screamed screamed again and it was great it's hilarious it really is funny technically you'd be kissing a what'd you say a mass murderer with yellow teeth the (laughs) yellow teeth part took me out like i'm like he's staying in that abandoned mill 
on that blood-soaked mattress. He's been wearing the same outfit, like, the entire movie. God only <laughs> knows what he smells like. Like, oof. The shower. <laughs> At yeah, the school. I showered. Oh, he did shower. He did. Yeah. Oh, I mean, but okay, he put the right. same clothes back on. Yeah, that were, like, so, that were, like, soaked in car grease. <laughs> She's working with what she can. <laughs> <laughs> I live for it. Everything. Uh-huh. The last like 30 minutes of this movie are wild because they also leave. I hate, I hate that they leave Josh with the serial killer in the house. I'll tell you that. But oh we get the hilarious scene where his mom comes home and like he's trying to convince <laughs> her that he's straight. We're role playing. <laughs> yeah. And his mom was like, straight. It's like, it's so funny. Like there's the switch around of him trying to come out as straight to her is hilarious. And I think it's really well done. So Josh has many things, but straight isn't one of them, is what she said. <laughs> it's just so good he's watching like what he's watching like a real housewives of something isn't he yeah i don't yeah. know which one though yeah one of the many seasons that they have of that show it's great though and but then we also get the unfortunate thing where they do go to the police station and nyla's trying to convince char to leave so she can get the dagger yeah and char is just power tripping immediately just pulling out guns whipping them around i remember the first time i saw that too i was like girl not you first off not her being a child first off not her being a young black girl first off uh, mm-hmm. but she's also a minor and she's also your sister's like one of her best friends and you were whipping this gun out so fast i hate her mm-hmm. i really do mm-hmm. like she's so useless as a character she does nothing for me um even the mom chucking back her swan song is able to at least be somewhat redeemable to me but char is just the worst i can't stand her in this movie yeah, that that scene made me. I, I hate that it made me uncomfortable because I knew that it's a horror comedy, so she's probably not going to get shot. But for me personally, I get very triggered, like just by seeing like um, black people at gunpoint. Like it's right. just it's, it's instantly it, it almost pulls me out of it. So like I was like, mm, this scene is not helping. This is triggering. I don't really want this to be happening, but I know it's not going to go the way I got. But then by that, if you're thinking that hard, you're not laughing. And I just felt like that scene could have been massaged a bit more. But um, yeah, I, I wasn't really a fan of this either. I mean, I wasn't a fan of the mother either. But like I like you said, I, at least they gave the mother kind of a redeeming arc, I feel. Versus like with the sister, she started off maybe bearable. And then like by this scene, I'm just like, you're not thinking. If this is my sister's best friend and I have the upper hand on her like this, by the time the knife is down, I'm going to let her talk. I'm not going to just keep screaming, shut up, and, you know, all this. Stuff. Like, I need to know what's going on because clearly you're concerned and this isn't like you. But, yeah, nah. And I, I mean, I guess, I mean, a little bit early in the movie, too, when they, like, first leave the school and the cops are chasing them and the sister's, like, also, like, pursuing them in her vehicle. At that point, I can maybe see her pursuing them at least because, you know, yeah. these are her sister's two best friends and they randomly have a serial killer in their back seat so at that point i'm like yeah let's like stop them let's figure out what's happening but at this point yeah like allow them to talk i mean apparently this family has a real big issue with communication so she's obviously not allowing nyla to explain anything she's not allowing her to explain what's happening she's like very quick to to shut her up and even when the butcher does escape and he shows up as millie and she's like oh like freaking out and like the gun's still waving around i'm like char you're so stupid and she's like shut up she tells her 
her to shut the fuck up, Nyla. And I'm like, girl, I really just wanted to, I was hoping that Millie in the butcher's body would have came in and just like fucking punched her. Just, just, <laughs> just, just punched her, knocked her out, threw her in that cell. Unfortunately, there was no physical violence uh, conducted on Char. So, so well. unfortunately. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was like hoping for it. I was like, hopefully she like accidentally just like punches her or something. Cause she just does not shut up. But they do lock her up at least. Then we get to the final scene, obviously. Well, not final scene, but like the meal party scene which I think is really fun. We get some more fun deaths in this part of the movie as well for those football players. Oh my goodness. Um, so am I reading into it too much or are they planning to sexually assault Millie? No, no, you're okay. not reading too deep into it. I got the same vibe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm glad that the butcher i mean the crazy thing with the butcher in this movie is like yes he's killing people but everybody he's killed thus far has deserved it <laughs> like i haven't been mad i mean i don't know about the teenagers in the beginning but oh well i mean they seemed insufferable though so oh, okay he was doing us a Hall favor pass. there <laughs> but everybody else you know deserved yeah. it for sure he was only killing people who were bullying millie in some way like people who came at him sideways he's like oh well let me murder you so i think it was, it was pretty funny and i love that he killed them he fucking and we also get that badass scene with Catherine holding that chainsaw which i think mm-hmm. is going to become like a synonymous thing with this movie like that's just like when you see in like fan art and stuff with this movie and it's just badass i think it's super cool and i love that she fucking butchers those boys because they deserve it what did you do to my friends like you literally just watched me kill them what do you mean <laughs> millie becomes like this object of like revenge like, like it, that I think it's pretty cool. I, I mean, from the, the space of the movie, like people who want revenge on their bullies, like that they had to deal with growing up or that shitty teacher who's always taking jabs at them and not honoring that this is the anniversary of their father passing away. Or like just even the, cause like I got the same vibe Stormy that they were, they were threatening to maybe sexually assault her. I'm so happy that did not happen. And I'm happy that the chainsaw scene is the one where she's cutting through people who were going to do that to her. And that's the revenge that I think a lot of people like to see in this film. Like it was, it was cool. Like it was a good- cathartic in a way. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's cathartic. You know, it's it's a nice play on the wolf and uh, sheep's clothing thing. Like, you know, that rage being manifested like that and then her taking them out (laughs) one by one. It's nice. It's, I mean, the whole movie, even the butcher is like doing like a favor for Millie almost by taking yeah. these people out, which is nice because it like, really makes the whole movie feel like it is about Millie, even like with who he's killing, like the people who were a detriment to her or were holding her back from like being her greatest self in a way. So it's really nice to like kind of just look at the entire film as like a, I mean, obviously that's the point of it is to like be Millie's journey into being able to, you know, uh, you know, kind of start to grow as a person to find more confidence in herself and be able to communicate more properly with her family and her friends and so on and so forth. And, you know, everybody who's ever bullied her held her down and murdered. So, you know, she doesn't have to worry about them anymore. So it's a really fun movie. I think it's great. And that whole entire scene at the end was great. And like you said, though, Ryan, I also like completely forgot about like the whole five minutes thing. So when that happens at the end, I was just like blinking like blindly. The first time I watched this movie, I was like, oh, I, I don't get it. I don't know what's happening here. But it ends anyways. And I was like, okay, sure. But when I rewatched it and like actually paid attention to everything that was happening, I was like, oh, okay, it's cute. Booker kind of saved her life there a little bit. So really cute. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, thank God that Emilio caught it because I probably would have just powered through and be like, okay, well, whatever. I'll just suspend disbelief. Because like I was telling him, I'd probably still stab anyway. Like even though if, if it were really late, I'm like, 
<laughs> same i wouldn't even hesitate i would just even if i'm stuck in this body i don't care you're not going to live your life in my body you are going to be murdered i'm going to cut you the fuck up right here right now it's not going to happen but they get lucky anyways the police are there they fucking shoot at the butcher but he of course in typical horror movie fashions of like escaping the ambulance anyways and then going and hunting down millie with what we get is our official final scene which i think is great very like simple in its tone feels very classic horror movie classic slasher with her walking around the house and the doors being left open and him attacking the family. I think it's great. It's nice to see the girls come together and beat him. I mean, I'm never going to be upset seeing three women kick the shit out of some, you know, old white man. So it's super cool for me, the way, even if, you know, Shar is awful. Um, but it's very nice to see them get that moment. If anybody, at least Millie, get the moment of being able to like literally stake him in the back with like a fucking wooden chair leg or something, whatever the fuck that was. Oh, very Buffy, didn't it? <laughs> yes, very Buffy. <laughs> I like how you explained the ending. It might make me reconsider how I feel about it. Because <laughs> you're right. Tell me how you feel. How do you feel about it? No, I can't. Because you're right. Like, the reality is, I can't I can't be against women teaming up and, and kicking some old-ass white guy who is just a scum and, like, you know, destroying lives and people. So that's true. Um, initially, I kind of felt like, I wanted an ending that was more open-ended. So then that way, if they wanted to re revisit this world, then they could. You know how like certain horror movies, I mean, the person could be dead, but something happens, like a hand comes up or just something to maybe give a, a loop to come back. Because I feel like with him being staked, it's like, oh, they're they're done with this world. Like, this is it. But <laughs> but I don't know. that. Maybe that's not true, though, because maybe the Ladola, if they really wanted to revisit it, they could bring the Ladola back and then drop it in a similar situation or something. Yeah, or it could be like the situation where like it happens to somebody else and like they randomly figure out that Millie was a part of this before and like they really bring those characters back into it some way and they deal with like another killer, I guess. But yeah, I was also hoping when I first watched this movie that it would be open-ended. Um, and like, especially with on rewatches too, because I really do enjoy it. Like the more I watch it, the more I enjoy it and the more I would like to see more from these characters. So I definitely wish they would have left it more open-ended. It was very final. Um, yeah, they could have ended it in the ambulance oh, with him true. coming up. Um, that part like kind of irks me though, because the, the piece of equipment that they have like dropping down is just like your the thing that reads your oxygen level. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the machine is beating, girl. He's dead. So, yeah, it... <laughs> I wish they would have done like a little bit more like research, <laughs> but you know, for, for most people, like most people don't really pay attention to that. So it works. But I, I, me personally, being the cynical person I am, I'm like, what the fuck? That's hilarious. I didn't, I didn't know that either. So that's actually really funny. I didn't know that either <laughs> either. So I watched it and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> now I'm going to watch it and be like laughing the entire time. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, but Freaky, I think it's a great, movie like i thoroughly enjoy it um it did take a few watches for me to like really get into it um just because it, it does have that weird vibe to it where it definitely feels almost like riverdale almost like the chilling adventures of sabrina at times but like it just works better than those shows do and i really enjoy it all together yeah it's a good movie and i'm so happy you guys asked me to come on to talk about it because it it got me watching it and this is a good movie, I think, to watch with my my family and friends and stuff, too. It's like it's real fun. Like, even though the deaths are very, very brutal, 
I think the movie is fun enough that like people who aren't like super horror fans could enjoy it as well. So I think it, it definitely has like that bleed over. And horror and comedy are real close com are real close cousins anyway. Like they just when they're done correctly like this, they're just they work so well together. Yeah, it's so good. I love this movie. I really do. I'm kind of sad that I didn't like it at first. <laughs> <laughs> but as, it, as that usually happens with me though like I watch a movie and I don't care for it and then I have to like rewatch it and like pay attention to details um because that's how my brain works like the first watch I'm always like I know I miss stuff and it kind of frustrates me and then I'm like well fuck I feel like I just didn't care for it this one kind of fell to that too unfortunately but in rewatching it since it's dropped on streaming I I've fallen in love with it. This is probably like the third time I've watched it since it's been on HBO oh, wow. Max yeah I know I don't know what the fuck I'm thinking but no, I can see why. It's good. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Like I said earlier, I didn't like it the first time. So I'm glad I gave it. I'm glad we talked about it because otherwise I probably wouldn't have watched it again. <laughs> That's the beauty of podcasting. Yeah. There's been several movies that we've covered that like I didn't care for in the beginning. And then I rushed it for the podcast. I'm like, oh. Same. That was the thing for me with Escape Room. I remember I didn't like Escape Room when I watched it in theaters. And then I rewatched it for our podcast episode on it. And like I fell in love with it like randomly. I was like, wow, this is a really good movie. Speaking of your episode on Escape Room, it was my favorite. And the most so recent good. one, Ryan, is so good. Oh, thank you. So thank good. You. I love that episode. Uh, do you guys have like any other thoughts on this movie? It was going to, I just wanted to say it was going to be called Freaky Friday the 13th. And I'm really glad that they just changed it to Freaky. Because uh, I don't know. if I don't know. I feel like titles have a lot of power to them. And like people aren't, if you're not careful, you're going to take your own piece of work. So um, it's funny that you said that it's uh, called that because I don't, in the first quarter of the film, I was like, it feels like this movie was going to be called, because when you watch the commercials, right? You you see the Freaky Friday references, but you don't really get the whole Friday the 13th piece of it until you start to actually watch the film. So in the first quarter, I was like, this feels like it's Freaky Friday the 13th. And I thought I'm being cheeky. I'm like, mm, I'm so cute. And little did I know they were going to do that, but they, I'm so happy they didn't go in that di direction. It's bad in the mouth. Freaky just hits. It, it's perfect. It's in like it, it gives you everything you need to know about the film. It's, it's perfect. I do. It's cute. It's quick. It's easy. Horror, yeah. uh, recently, like with a lot of their titles, they're like all very simplistic, which I think is Host. great. <laughs> Host. Slacks. Slacks. Mm -hmm. Us. Yeah. Get out. Them. Them. Like they're all just so like simple now, which is great. I mean, it doesn't bother me any because um, it just rolls off the tongue. It's quick. Yeah. It's easy. And I think that was, yeah, I think it was the perfect choice of a movie title for sure. Because I honestly forget that this takes place on Friday the 13th all the time. The Friday the 13th that just passed, I unfortunately didn't watch this movie. And I wish I would have because I completely forgot it happens on Friday the 13th for whatever reason. So maybe that title would have helped me remember. Because um, I feel like the Friday the 13th aspect of the movie kind of just falls to the wayside. It's just... It's not really important. Yeah. I feel like it would bring a lot of um, expectations in the movie that don't need to also be there. That. Yeah. And this film is already intricate enough. Like you don't, honestly, they could have, they could have just did away with this whole, um, what was it? Wednesday, the 11th, Thursday, the 12th. That like all that didn't matter to me. It could have just yeah, been a same. random day. It could have even been Halloween. I think sometimes people do stuff like this because I'm not trying to read them because the film is good. I like the film, so I'm you know, oh yeah whatever. for sure. But if they would have just did it like 
you know, it's just midnight of this random Halloween thing, and then it's going to happen. Then that would have that would have worked fine. I don't care if it's not wholly original. It's a great storyline. It's the the adventure that makes it feel new or makes it feel like entertaining. I don't need something to be like the first time I saw something to give me life. Like all the nods, even I think add layers to it. But, oh yeah, for sure. I, I hope that they make more movies like this. Christopher Landon, if he decides to do that, because like he, I mean, he like takes these stories like Groundhog Day, like Freaky Friday, and like he turns them into horror scenarios, and they're really fun. So I, if he can, can continue this trend, I don't even know what else he could possibly do. Like I don't even know, like Princess Diaries, maybe. I think. Be- <laughs> <laughs> yes, it'll oh be cool. It'll be Imagine. Cool. <laughs> it's funny you say that because they proposed a crossover with Happy Death Day. So for Freaky Death Day, maybe? I don't know. That would be... I mean, I'd talk shit about it, but I would go see it so fast. Like, I'd pre-order t- <laughs> like, it. I'm so full of shit. I like those worlds. So that's that's cute. I like that. No, I was just going to say that another, like, nod that we never addressed is Booker's last name is Strode. Oh, yeah. It is? I didn't know yeah. it was Strode. <laughs> Yeah, his name's Booker Strode. You can see it on his jersey at the football game. Mm-hmm. Cute. Right. There's so many layers. <laughs> oh, it is. So it's, a horror, it's a horror fan's horror movie. It really is. It's mm-hmm. cute. It's fun. It was built for us. Even like the hook scene and stuff, since it came through graffiti, for me, it was giving me like Candyman because, you know, like the <gasps> green and yes. green, like all the graffiti and stuff. Like, yes. um, the mask, Um, I read this on someone's page around the time this came out but the mask is supposed to look like jason's mask a little bit but it's not like it's not his mask it's like warped and then that's why they had the other dude's mask because it looks like michael myers mask and i was like that's funny that's that's pretty funny it's also well done it's a fun little horror movie and the more i watch it the more enjoyable it is um it really is fun to watch high also so if you can do that legally (laughs) definitely do that it's one of those movies that is so fun to watch on an edible um yeah, I enjoy Freaky tremendously. It's grown on me. I hope that we see more uh, from these characters specifically. I really enjoyed all of them. I thought they were great. Um, Josh is really funny. I thought Nyla was also really good. Even though she's like very simple as a character, she really doesn't do much. But she's great. I, the little uh, speech that she gives Millie like at the very beginning of the movie where she's like, you know, I know that your dad's been dead now for a year. I definitely wanted you to, you know, start to grow and do this. I mean, it's just very supportive and it makes me like her as a character because she also doesn't like beat around the bush or anything along those lines. So I definitely enjoy these characters and I would love to see them do something again together. She's very Tatum to me. Very that, very that. Like a subdued version of Kate from uh, horse or from Fear Street that we just got to. She's not as oh. like quippy. Yeah, so she's not too bad. I really do enjoy her. Very more Tatum though, like you said. Definitely feels more Tatum because she's like brutally honest without like being too much. Because they have Josh to pretty much sit there and like be the quippy one, so... And he's everything, so <laughs> he's great. You know, he's yeah. going to be a judge, a special guest judge on this upcoming season of Dragula, too. Oh, I didn't which know is because he's in a little horror movie, so he gets to go and judge a little horror competition, a little horror drag competition. Uh, so yeah, he's going to be on that season as a guest judge, which is cool. I love this movie. I think it's great. Yeah, it is. What are we giving it out of five? Red leather jackets. There you go. Ooh. You know what? It's high. I mean, I'm I'm it's not a four, like it's it's higher than that. Like it's a four point five. Yeah, I would cut half of the jackets, like you know, well in the sleeves off. So, you know, like four point <laughs> a four point five for sure. I love this film. <laughs> Stormy, what about you? 
She's sitting at a steady three. I feel like with uh, more rewatches, it'll probably go up. But right now she's at a three. I would give it a four. I think it's very solid for sure. I don't, I don't even know what would keep it back from like a five. I, for me, fives aren't like perfect movies. They're just like movies that I really enjoy, like Same. wholeheartedly. Like just, they just yeah. speak to my heart. So this one just didn't like speak to like my heart like that, I guess. But it's perfect. Fours for me are like pretty much like movies that I think are like top notch with what they're trying to execute. And I think they're fantastic. There's not really anything beyond maybe like some random plot holes here and there, but that happens, I feel like. I mean, you're writing, you know, an hour and a half worth of content and you have to try to make it all work. So obviously there's going to be some issues there. So stuff like that doesn't really bother me too much. Um, almost like a Jazz and Cat talk about on Girl That's Curious all the time. Like, Stuff like that doesn't matter to them, you know? And I'm the exact same way. Like, I give up realism for horror or for movies in general. Like, if something, and I can't be cynical, I'll notice it, but I have to remind myself, I'm like, it's a movie. It doesn't fucking bother me. Uh, so with this movie, I did that quite often, but it doesn't bother me. I still think it's great in its execution. So it's a definite solid four for me. I, you know what it is? It's that, for me, like, the pacing for it could be a little tighter around the beginning. I personally feel like the ending could be massaged just a little different and they could have edited it. Something about the three ending thing feels like it's just too drawn out. I I I don't I don't think the film needed as many things as it was juggling to get the point across. And I think I that would have made it a lot stronger. I suspended a lot of that because I couldn't stop laughing at so much of it. But the horror that I tend to gravitate towards is not like freaky typically, but if I did like have a friend who was totally into horror comedy, I would I would totally tell them to watch this film because it's I think it's probably the best horror comedy I've seen in a in a while. Like and I was someone who grew up like around the scary movie time and like scary movie just like did it for me. And I know that now like so many people now they say that those movies are like very problematic and so it's, it's kind of like <laughs> and I understand that I see it now, but um I grew up in it. So that's where I'm thinking from versus this new film that is very fresh it has a lot of great and brilliant commentary it's and it's i mean it's a great entry it really is and i think it's going to inspire other filmmakers to make stuff like this which we need to see more of so that's pretty cool i agree i do agree on like the pacing issues as well because the ending feels like it comes fast but then like they give us another ending after that so it kind of feels really weird uh so i definitely agree with that too and like they figure out like what to do with the dagger like maybe a little bit more than halfway like the last 40 minutes of the movie is like when they finally figured that out and then they're trying to like solve it in like the last 40 minutes of the movie that's why the last 30 minutes like literally everything happens in the last 30 minutes like they have the whole breakdown with booker they bring him into the group in the last 30 minutes so he doesn't even get to feel like he's fully a part of the group he's just kind of randomly there that's why him even having that moment with millie in the car although hilarious also felt kind of like random because like he just like kind of became a part of this like an hour before this so yeah the last 30 minutes are very quick but again you know I'm willing to like let it slide, I guess, because <laughs> the dialogue, it really is funny. I mean, like you come to this movie for the dialogue, for the funny moments, for the cool deaths. Yeah, for sure. They do. I mean, I have no idea what else to talk about with Freaky. We killed it. Uh-huh. Yeah, we really did. We covered every <laughs> little thing, every little, you know, every little uh, nook and cranny of this movie. <laughs> Stormy, do you have anything else on Freaky? I don't. Um, my thoughts were very small on this movie, even though I... Uh, did enjoy it a lot more this time around we've covered all my bases so <laughs> ryan where can pe the people find you they can find me at brother ghoulish on, on social media you can listen to brother ghoulish's tomb wherever podcasts are played 
Um, I have a website also just called brotherghoulish.com. And if you'd like to meet me in person, I'm haunting an underpass near you. So look oh. at <laughs> oh, uh, Stormy, where can the people find us? You can find us at slash her, uh, slash underscore her underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on pretty much every streaming platform that you can think of. Um, you can send us emails at slash underscore her underscore pod. No, <laughs> our email is slash her pod at gmail.com. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you haven't check out uh, brother ghoulish tomb, yes. uh, thank you again for joining us again. We love you so much. And I love y'all. Thank y'all for having me again. Of course. Welcome. You're welcome back literally anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Proceeds uh, yeah. to send you the whole year's uh, calendar. <laughs> Girl, honestly, if <laughs> don't test us. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely subscribe to Brother Girls' Tomb. Uh, we might pop up on there sometime soon, maybe a little. Mm, uh, yes. But yeah, definitely subscribe because it's great. And yeah, thanks everybody. Uh, stay spooky. Bye. Bye. <laughs>